Uh, we're going to continue our, our study uh, on, on the doctrine of, of the Holy Spirit uh, this evening. Uh, last week, what we really wanted to emphasize was that Jesus, um, the Father, and the Son are, are Jesus, the Father, and the Spirit, rather, are, are one. That the Holy Spirit is God. We just want to make a strong case uh, that the Holy Spirit is God. We looked at several passages in, 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 the, uh, in the Scriptures uh, showing how when the, the Bible speaks of the Holy Spirit, he speaks it speaks of the, the, the Holy Spirit in attributes that are only characteristics as God. God is, is holy. Uh, God is, is uh, powerful. God is omnipotent. God is omniscient. God is omnipresent. And that's the same way that, that, that God, the Scriptures speak of, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, well, well, tonight, uh, we don't want to just look at um, that the Spirit is God. Tonight, we're going to look at specifically how, this, how the Holy Spirit um, showed himself in, in the Old Testament specifically, hoping to get to the question uh, that many of you may have about the Holy Spirit, about the continuity and the discontinuity between the Old and the New, on um, how uh, were the saints of the Old Testament saved, or was the Holy Spirit indwelling in the saints in the Old Testament. So pray that our, our time together will, will lead to that end. Well, let me read uh, John 7. 37 through 39, and then I will pray. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Father, we do pray now that you would give um, clarity to my words. We pray, God, that you would uh, allow these words to give us clarity on who uh, and what the Spirit has done from Genesis to now, we pray, God, that you would give us uh, hearts to hear, but also, God, we pray that you give us hearts to believe. We pray that you would do this, the power of the Spirit, in the name of the Lord Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen. Uh, we're going to be jumping around a, a lot of, of the scriptures tonight, so again, if you want these notes, I'm happy to send them to you. Um, but the, the first thing, I, well, first point I want to make is that uh, the Holy Spirit was active in the Old Testament. That the Holy Spirit was active in the Old uh, Testament. Uh, first scripture is going to, we're going to see that the, the Spirit was active in the way of prophecy. So in Second Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, we read this verse last week. Uh, if you're thinking about building a doctrine of the Word of God, this is a key text for us, Second. Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 19, it says, And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you do well to pay attention, as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Peter is saying is that the, the Word of God is more sure than what he saw on the Mount of Transfiguration. 
so the, the, the New Testament writers looked at the, the way the Holy Spirit inspired uh, the, the text of, of scriptures. Uh, so we can be confident that the, the New Testament saints, particu- particularly the 12 apostles, they believe that the Holy Spirit was active in working out the, the very words of God in the Holy Scriptures of the Old Testament. We want to look uh, briefly at Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11, you don't have to turn there, I'll just read it to you. Numbers chapter 11, this is uh, the Holy Spirit uh, is being divided among from Moses and on to uh, the people of God. It says, uh, God says to Moses, I will come down and talk with you there, and I will take some of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that is on you, Moses, and put it on them, the, the elders, and they shall bear the burden of the people with you, so that you may not bear it yourself alone. You, you remember Moses was trying to take care of all the, the, the issues that were happening in Israel himself. His father-in-law, Jethro, says, this is not good for you. You're going to become burnt out. Set a, a group of men over 100, over, over 50. And the Lord says, I will take some of your spirit and I will place it on these 70 elders. In verse 25 of Numbers 11, it says, Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him, and put it on the 70 elders. And as soon as the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not continue uh, doing it. Um, so what we see there is that God was true to his word. He took some of the Spirit that lay on top of Moses, right, for the, the Spirit of wisdom to discern things, and he, and he spread it among uh, the 70 elders. Um, we also see throughout the, the Old Testament that the prophets spoke by the Holy Spirit as, as prosecutors, accusers of Israel according to God's covenantal promises. So in 2 Chronicles 24, we read, Yet he sent prophets among them to bring them back to the Lord. These testified against them that they would, pay, they would not pay attention. Then the Spirit of God clothed Zechariah, the son of Jehadiah, the priest. He stood above the people and said to them, Thus says God, why did you break the commandments of the Lord, so that you cannot prosper, because you have forsaken the Lord, he has forsaken you. Uh, what you see throughout the, uh, the Old Testament is that prophets were, 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 would rise up for a time, and they would speak a, a word of judgment, a word of warning to the, to the Israelites, because they have broken God's covenantal promises. That's really a summation of, of the whole work of the prophet. We read Micah 3.8, when he speaks of himself, he says, but as for me, Micah, I am filled with the power, with the Spirit of the Lord, and with justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. Uh, So what you see all throughout the Old Testament is you see the Holy Spirit is actively speaking through prophets to prosecute his word to the people of Israel. So we see number one, we see the Spirit is active in the spirit of prophecy. The second thing, the way we see the Spirit manifest himself in the Old Testament is the Spirit of power, uh, the Spirit of power. And this is primarily seen to, to rule or to serve him, to be empowered to do his work. We can, we've, we've been seeing this all through the life of Daniel that God gave, remember that idea, that we talked about God being faithful on Sunday uh, to Daniel, that Daniel was a picture of faithfulness. But why was Daniel faithful? Because God gave. God gave him a spirit of wisdom and power, the, the Holy Spirit. It says this of, of uh, Joseph, Genesis chapter 41, uh, 38 and 40. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? 
Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only regards, as regards the throne will I be greater than you. Now, this is interesting. We saw this a little bit in uh, Daniel on Sunday, but we see this, this type of Joseph, right? One who has the spirit on him, who, who, who does good work, who's persecuted, and then he rises to the top of the throne. We see the same thing in Daniel, and we will ultimately see the same thing in the Lord Jesus, who has the spirit of God fall on him, live a life. He is persecuted, except he is not exalted, right, prior to his death, but he's exalted after his death to the highest place. These are types that God gave us in the sacred scriptures, gave us types so we could see the coming of the Messiah. We also see in the Old Testament that, uh, that God uh, empowered individuals with skills to serve and build the temple. So in Exodus chapter 31, 1 through 5, God says this, he said, the Lord said to Moses, see I have called by name Beziel, the son of Uri, uh, son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, in carving wood, and to work in every craft. Uh, so you see that God empowered certain individuals to make the temple beautiful. Uh, I, I don't have time in this series uh, just to, to teach about how God works uh, in this in and through the Spirit, to bring common grace. There are so many ways that the Holy Spirit works in our day to restrain evil. Uh, he works in our day to give people gifts and wisdom to fulfill certain tasks in our day. Uh, God is, is always working. His Spirit is abundant on our, on our world. Uh, but specifically, he empowered certain saints in the Old Testament so they could serve him. We don't only see that in, in, in Exodus and those who helped build the temple, in the tabernacle, but we all see that in, in the Judges. We see this in several different places. If you read through the book of Judges, you, you hear this phrase, the Spirit of the Lord came upon. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord came upon or rushed upon Othniel, Gideon, Jephthah, Samson. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit would raise up a judge to deliver their people from oppression, and every time the Spirit of the Lord was the one who empowered them to, to serve. We see the same thing in Saul and David. The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon Saul when he became king. And the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and rushed upon David when he became king. So these are just ways, that, as you look through the Old Testament, certain ways that God manifested the presence of the Holy Spirit to the people of Israel. So we see a spirit of prophecy, a spirit of power, but ultimately we see a spirit of, of presence, a spirit of, of presence. Uh, in Isaiah 63, uh, we read, 63, 10 through 14. Why don't you turn there, beloved? Turn to Isaiah 63. 63, not 53. Do you guys actually know that there are 66 books in Isaiah? 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah. And that doesn't end at chapter 53. It's a joke. It's a bad one. It's a pastor joke. Said from the pulpit on a Wednesday night, the brethren should have had favor on their pastor and laughed. Isaiah 63, beginning in verse 10. We read this about the day of mercy. But the Lord, but they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Right? Remember, if you sin against God, you're sinning against the Holy Spirit. We saw that in, in Acts chapter 5. Uh, and they grieved his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he turned to be their enemy, and he himself fought against them. And remember the days of old of Moses and of his people, where he is, he is where he, where is he who 
who brought them up out of the sea with the shepherds of his flock? Where is he who put in the midst of them his Holy Spirit, who caused his glorious arm to go to the right hand of Moses, who divided the waters before them to make himself an everlasting name, to lead them through the depths? Notice what he's saying here. It's the Spirit of the Lord that delivered them out of exile. Jump down to verse 14. Live, like livestock that go down into the valley, the Spirit of the Lord gave them rest so that you led your people to make yourself a glorious name. One of the ways that God identified himself with his people is his presence. This is what Moses pleaded with the Lord. Unless you go with us, how, do you, how do, will people know that you, we belong, are your people? It was the presence of the Lord. So that the Spirit of God manifested his, the presence of God to the people of Israel. Well, how did he do that? Well, uh, he, he did it at Mount Sinai when he gave, gave the law. He, he did it among the tabernacle when he would dwell in the tabernacle among the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, he, he, would, he would do it when he, when he filled the temple with his, his presence. We saw this a little bit on Sunday when Solomon dedicated the temple in 1 Kings 8. Uh, he says, pray towards the temple, right? Why? Why do they pray towards the temple? It was because the Spirit of God dwelled inside uh, the temple. We see this in um, uh, Psalm 139. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in chill, you are, are there. So what you see all throughout the, the, the Old Testament is you see the, the, the Holy Spirit is, is working to give us God's word in a spirit of prophecy. He's, he's empowering his, his servants to serve in, in the judges, in, in Saul and David, in, in, in those who built the, the, the temple and tabernacle. Uh, he's empowering um, the people of God with his presence. Uh, the presence is often mediated by the Holy Spirit. Uh, lastly, we see in, in the Old Testament a spirit of piety, a spirit of, of holiness. Uh, this is uh, explicit statements that the Spirit sanctified Old Covenant saints. So in Psalm 51, uh, David had, sh- had just sinned with Beth- Bathsheba, um, and he prayed to the Lord in Psalm 51, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Uh, now, some scholars would say that this idea of do not take your Holy Spirit from me is do not take your kingship from me. Uh, because when Saul became king, the Holy Spirit rushed upon him. When David became king, the Holy Spirit rushed upon him. So some would say that, the, that he's saying, don't take my, 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 my position away, my, my role away as king. But notice the very next verse, it says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. There's something here about the joy of salvation and us walking with a clean heart that has to do with the Holy Spirit. Do not remove the Holy Spirit from me because I need the Holy Spirit to have the joy of my salvation, to have a, a humble and joyful obedience to you, a willing spirit to, to follow you. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, turn here, this is another key passage for us. Deuteronomy chapter 10 in terms of how we think about obeying and following the law. Because one of the big questions that we're trying to get to is, is how uh, does the Holy Spirit manifest himself in the Old Testament saints that is different and similar to those in the New Testament uh, saints? And I think this is a key text for us, Deuteronomy chapter 10, beginning in verse 12. Remember, when God gave the command that you are my people, I'm no longer going to call you Abram, I'm going to call you Abraham. I'm going to make you a father of many nations. He gave them a, a sign of the covenant. The sign was circumcision. And that was the, to mark off God's people from all the peoples of, of the earth. 
uh, but the, real, the, the purpose of circumcision was, outward circumcision, was to picture an inward circumcision, what God was really hoping for. And we see this in Deuteronomy 10. It says, And now Israel, verse 12, What does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and the statutes of the Lord for which I am commanding you today for your good. Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the heavens, the earth with all that is in them. Yet the Lord set his, love on, in, set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them. You above all peoples as you are his this day. Excuse me. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart and be no longer stubborn. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords the great, the mighty, the awesome God who is not partial and takes no bribes. So you see this command, right? This command is that the, the people of God, the Israelites, must have a circumcised heart. They must, they must deal with the in, inner being if they're going to do what? If they're going to love their Lord and obey him. Right? This is one of the markings of the New Testament church. One of the marks of the New Testament church is that we show that we believe by obedience. If we say we love Jesus and we walk in darkness, that we lie and do not follow the truth. Uh, but if we love Jesus, we show that we love Jesus by obeying his commands. And that the same principle at root form is also in the Old Testament. Well, how do we uh, see how the Holy Spirit is different from the Old Testament to uh, the New Testament? Are Old Testament believers indwelt with the Holy Spirit? Right? So I wanted to start with just a survey of the Old Testament to kind of keep your mind fresh. How has the Holy Spirit been manifested in the Old Testament? So that we can answer this one question. Are Old Testament believers indwelt with the Holy Spirit? Right Now this is going to be interesting because I'm going to give you five different perspectives of what most scholars believe. These are five different perspectives on how people would answer this question. And when I tell you the scholars that, that, that go along with each uh, view, you're going to go, yeah, I like that guy. Oh, yeah, I like that guy. Wait, I like that guy too. Here's the thing. You're going to have guys who are sound, biblical, sharp, uh, incredibly wise theologians disagree on every one of these. All right, so here we go. Now, number one, the first viewpoint is the Spirit's role in the lives of believers. Some scholars see basic continuity from the old to the new. Right, So they, they see what's happened. The continuity is this, this is the big question when you think about how we live and function today and how you view the, the whole entire Bible and how you view Israel and the church. The idea of continuity between continuity or discontinuity is a key idea. Right. So the first viewpoint is that authors view there is continuity from old to the new. These authors argue that the old covenant remnant was both regenerate and indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So they would say that the Old Testament believers were regenerate and indwelt by the Holy Spirit. John Owen and Sinclair Ferguson would hold these views, both sharp theologians. Um, the second view, scholars agree that the Old Covenant believers experience both regeneration and indwelling, but seek to incorporate texts like John 7.39, which I read at the beginning, uh, into their understanding using language that allows for a great nor heightened experience under the New Covenant. So they would say that the, it's basically the same old and new, except in the new, it's just deeper and higher, okay? Using that John 7.39. You would see guys like John uh, Calvin and Wayne Gruden would hold this position. Uh, the third position um, is a midpoint of these views. 
Scholars indicate that the Old Testament saints as regenerate by the Spirit, but not indwelt by the Spirit. So they're regenerated by the Spirit, but they're not indwelt by the Spirit. Uh, J.I. Packer and Bruce Ware would, would hold these positions. Now, the fourth is the Old Covenant remnant is operated upon, uh, upon, but not indwelt by the Spirit. So the Spirit comes upon believers, but is not dwelling inside of them. Uh, unlike those in the previous category, these scholars stop short of using the word regeneration with re- re- reference to the Old Covenant faithful. Uh, Martin Luther would hold this view, along with D.A. Carson. Those are the, the main view. I won't bring up the last view. The last one is not as, as important. Um, so you could, you could tell that there's lots of different ideas. Are Old Testament believers indwelt by the Holy Spirit? Uh, I'm going to give you my, my view, right? Now, if, if, I, if I give you my view, I just want one caveat. I can change my mind. Is that, is, that, is that fair? Thank you so much, right? Uh, we're all learning in progress here, but uh, I, I would say of those ones that I read, I do believe that the, the most logical one for me is that, uh, is that third view, is that the Old Testament saints are regenerated by the Spirit. They're em- empowered to, to obey Him. Their hearts have been in some way changed, but they're not indwelt by the Spirit, right? And I would say this for, for several reasons. The, the first is when the Old Testament speaks of the Holy Spirit, it talks about the Spirit of, of presence, uh, the Spirit of, is, is in a particular place. So he is at, he's at Bethel, he's at Mount Sinai, he's at the tabernacle, uh, he is at the temple, right? And, and the, the presence of the Holy Spirit mediates the presence of God for, uh, for the people. This is why in uh, 1 Kings 8, when Solomon is telling us to pray, he's telling the Israelite saints to pray towards uh, the, the temple. Why? Because that's where God's Spirit is, is dwelling, okay? So the Spirit is not dwelling in, right? The believers, but he's dwelling at a particular place, okay, number one. And number two, the empowering people that I just mentioned, the empowering people for certain skills uh, to, to, to build an exodus, uh, the empowering of the judges, the empowering of, of David and Saul to lead, that's very unique. That's not the normal experience of the Old Testament saints. So the Old Testament saints, that was not a normal experience. Because, why? Because when we read about it in, in the scriptures, it is unique, it is different, it is, it is special. Lastly, there are so many promises of a future fulfillment in, uh, in the Old Testament about the Spirit coming. So we read this in, in Jeremiah 31, for example. We read this about Ezekiel uh, 36. There's a future coming of the Spirit that will be different than today. And I just find it interesting that if it's going to be a future filling of the Holy Spirit that's going to indwell upon our hearts, enabling us to, to walk and live in a way that would please uh, the Lord, well, if we already have it now, why would God promise a future filling, a future indwelling of the Spirit, okay? Now, that's kind of where I would kind of lay, lay out this idea of um, that the Holy Spirit is not indwelling believers, but at the same time, Old Testament saints have been changed, right? There are followers of God. There's, there's a remnant. There's followers of God in the Old Testament that, that people have been given wisdom and insight to, to follow after God, uh, not maybe in, in the same way that we have today, dwelling inside of us, uh, because this idea of the presence, I think, in the Old Testament is important for us when we think about the presence in the New. Uh, how does the presence of God manifest it in the New Testament? Well, the presence of God no longer dwells in the temple. Why? Because when Jesus Christ died, the temple was torn in two, and the Spirit of God was unleashed, God's presence was unleashed in Christ 
right? Because Christ Jesus was where the presence felt. Alan taught us this, right? Jesus Christ came to, to tabernacle among us. Jesus, that's where God's presence dwelled in us. And now when he uh, died and ascended into heaven, what did God do? God sent the Holy Spirit, and now the presence of God manifests itself in the church. We are the temple of God, right? So if you want to find the presence of God and you want to be holy like the Lord, what do you do? You gather with God's people. This is just what we, we do. So I think when we see the Old Testament, right, it's hard to, to, to quantify because there's no specific uh, verse in Scripture that says that the Old Testament saints were regenerated, right, by the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's no place in Scripture that says that in, in the Old Testament, the Holy, Holy Spirit indwelt believers. You see this picture of, of, of coming upon uh, several places. It says in, but even there, it's, it's, it's unique and it's, it's specific it's easily given to a specific task or a specific role. So there's a difference, right? So for me, I think I, I see a discontinuity from how the Holy Spirit manifests himself in the Old Testament and how he manifests himself in uh, the New. Uh, Lord willing, uh, next week we will look at how the Holy Spirit has manifested himself in, in the New Testament. Uh, spoiler alert, it, it comes through the gospel, right? It comes through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ who came, lived, and died for us, Right? Uh, and was dead and buried and rose from the dead. And Jesus says, unless I go, the Holy Spirit will not come. I have to go to the cross, right? Because right now, the presence of God, when Jesus' earthly ministry was, is, was, was present in, in Jesus, Jesus manifests the presence of God to the world. And Jesus says, when I go, I will send my Spirit to you. And now the Holy Spirit has manifested himself in all of us. And he has been written upon our hearts, those who have believers in Christ. So now when we sin, what happens? We feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and we want to turn uh, towards righteousness. If you're here today and you know you came in this room with sin, the Holy Spirit may be speaking to you even now that you would, would turn from that sin and you would turn to Christ. The, the Holy Spirit speaks to us when we hear about the Lord Jesus that makes us want to sing, right? You know, I, I love singing Blessed Assurance. And... Uh, it's always hard when, because I don't know what version we're singing, right? Uh, should, I, should I sing now or should I sing later, right? But like this is my, like, I just want, I don't want to shout, right? I want, I want to sing of my, my, my Savior, right? This is, that, that, that only can be possible because the Holy Spirit is, is in me. And why, why is the Holy Spirit in me? Well, it's because Jesus Christ died and rose again, right? So I pray that we would live in light of, of the Spirit. Again, this is a difficult topic as we saw so many people who are wise biblical scholars who believe this and yet differ on these issues. So we have to leave room for, uh, for charity. Uh, next week, when we stuck, talk about how the Holy Spirit speaks in the new, how he's manifested himself, there's going to be, uh, Lord willing, less debate. Father, we pray that as we turn now to prayer, that you would uh, go before us, that your spirit would, would lead even our prayer time, that we bring up the things that need to be brought to you, and that you would just uh, be present with your people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.